Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Batter up! Live from the Biscayne Bay Brew Hall at Lone Depot Park, it's time for Miami Marlins Baseball with the Inside Corner. Here's your host, Steven Strom. Great to have you aboard here on a Saturday afternoon. It's the Inside Corner on Fox Sports 940 and the iHeartRadio app. Steven Strom, Kyle Seeloff, special guest here this afternoon. It's Jeff Nelson as we celebrate the 2003 Miami Marlins World Series champions. It's ironic we have Nelly on because he was on the other side of things. Yeah, I'm thrilled. Yeah, I know you are, but it's great to have you on, Nell. Uh, Kyle, Nell, what's going on? I've never been this close to Nelly, so I kind of like it. Are we too close? I think so. We have a pillow separate us here now. <laughs> so, Jeff Nelson's uh, with us now, and if you have any questions, we will take your, your questions. We're really excited here as we're getting you ready here for game two of this three-game interleague set between Yankee the Marlins and, and the Yankees. Questions. We'll do yeah. them both. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Nelly, you know, again, it's ironic that we're having you on here because uh, you were on the opposition when the Marlins won their World Series, but... Take us through 2003. You were a midseason trade from Seattle to my uh, to New York. What was that season like for you in 2003? Well, I went back to the Yang- I went back to the Mariners after 2000 because you know I, I came up as a Mariner. Mariners have never been to the World Series. Still, have never been to the World Series. And we were in first place in 03 at the time. And I said, okay, we might have a chance to add. Mariners have never really added at the deadline. And they didn't add in 03. All of a sudden, July 31st goes by. Were you surprised? I was surprised because Lou Pinella was our manager. We were in first place. We figured, okay, even in 2002, we were in first place all the way up to about the last three weeks of the season. And then the Angels wound up winning that division. A little disappointed that we didn't add anyone. And I might have said something in the... In the papers about my displeasure <laughs> with the ownership, and I went up and, you know, I, I lived in Seattle. I apologized. I said, hey, listen, it was you know, just me coming from New York, wanting the Mariners to go and, and win and try to get to the World Series. It was just the, me being a passionate player. Sure. They said, okay, hey, we appreciate it. You know, they were still a little upset. And we went to Cleveland. I pitched the night before. We won one nothing. I'm in the weight room. In Cleveland, the clubhouse guys come and get me. And the next thing you know, I have the assistant GM, the pitching coach, Brian Price, who was my teammate, and Bob Melvin, and they say, we just traded you to the Yankees. I'm wow. like, are you kidding me? What was the shock level, 1 to 10? Um, I would say 5 only because I was going back to the Yankees. I was shocked because I wanted to stay. I mean, nobody could believe it. None of my teammates could believe it. I mean, they're like, you got to be, you know, just cut it out. Yeah. You know, get your uniform on, let's go. 
and I was saying bye to everyone, and I jumped on a flight that night, made it to New York about the ninth inning of that game against Texas, went to the clubhouse, and, you know, I just was there a couple years ago, so it was pretty exciting, and we wound up going to the World Series, went to the playoffs. You know, every year you always have a chance to go to the playoffs with the Yankees, and we went to the World Series and, and played against the Marlin team. Jeff Nelson with us now on the inside corner. Here comes the, uh, it happens every time on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> we have the band come through. What is it, Junkanoo? <laughs> Unbelievable. But, uh, again, if you have a question, do not be afraid. Come and step up here. We'll take your questions. Jeff will. Um, 2003, when you guys are facing the Marlins, this was a team that was 10 games under in May. Yeah. They have this insurmountable recovery in their season they get to the world series you guys are the big bad big bad yankees how did you look at that marlins team in 2003 well anytime i think when you're in new york in the world series you always feel like you're gonna win and you know the marlins barely got by the cubs but they did Came you know they were down 3-1 yep. we had Derek leon it was a terrific first baseman for the marlins during that year and he's a tremendous guy as well we play them, we're like, well, not that we had confidence that we were going to walk over them, but, I mean, they had a really good team. We felt like we had a better team, and, you know, they wound up, they wound up beating us. And, you know, I wasn't, you know, I tell, I, I, you're always upset about losing. I wasn't upset that, you know, the Marlins were the world champions. I was more, I was more disappointed in some of our guys on my team that didn't show up. Mm. You know, I'm so used to the 90s and the 2000 year that we got into the playoffs and walked all over everyone. I mean, we competed. I mean, we had some tough, tough losses as well. But you're so used to those guys. Those guys just going onto the field an and edge. everybody just, okay, there's nobody's yep. going to beat us. And we felt, I thought, okay, this is a pretty similar team. A lot of guys from that, that year still. And there were some guys that didn't show up, and it was really disappointing. And, and it, you know, whether it was overwhelming for them, and we wound up losing, I think, because of it. But when we had Derek Lee on, and it's funny, when he goes through, back then you didn't think of the Marlins having a great team. I mean, they had, you know, the goal when they went to World Series. But, you know, Derek Lee was on with us the other day, I mean, last night, and he's describing all the guys that are on the team. And I'm like, you know what? You don't think about it until after the fact. Right. Yep. That was a great team. I mean, they had great Plethora players. Young talent. Yep. I mean, you had, what, you're going to have, you had Pudge, Hall of Famer. You're going to have Miggy, Miguel Cabrera. He's going to be a, a first ballot Hall of Back Famer. Lee, Gonzalez, Conine out there, Pierre. I mean, you had tremendous players. Yeah. I mean, you had uh, Castile. I mean, oh. they had speed up the top. They had good bullpen. They had a good starting pitching. Yeah, and they had a good heck of, yeah. Pretty and they, good manager, too. Mike Lowell. I mean, yeah. it was, it was great, yes. Beckett, Lowell. It I was th- a great team. I think people, obviously, Nelly, and you've done plenty of appearances in New York since you've won all your World Series, but I think for Yankee fans in particular, what was it like being around Mr. Steinbrenner all the time and the pressure that he really put on that franchise and that city to win? Well, the one thing, he never let every anyone get complacent. You know, he was a guy that wanted to win. Okay, hey, you go to the World Series, many teams are just happy to get there. The Yankees aren't just happy to get there. They want to win every single right. year. He had control of everything. So, I mean, he was in the clubhouse during special times during the season or during the playoffs, and you felt his presence. Really? And he was a guy that would always challenge everyone. I mean, he would challenge players because New York was a tough place to play. It, it still is in some sense, but not as much as it used to be because there was more media. You didn't have the social media back then, so the papers were really a big deal. Uh, he ran, basically, the media. You never wanted to get in a, in a war of words with Mr. Steinbrenner because right. you never would have came out on top. You're not going to win that. 
uh, you know, he would go up to the players and he would either compliment you or tell you about his displeasure about how you're playing. Straightforward. Straightforward. And he you would have any come bad up, combos with him? No, but I mean, he would say something. The thing that you had to do is you had to stand up for yourself. And you had to show him confidence that you were going to be able to handle it. Here. So he wanted that back and forth he a little bit. He wanted it. And, and it wasn't one that you, you got in an argument with him, but you stood up for yourself and kind of gave it back to him a little bit. And then he would say, okay, I know. You know, he would, he would pretty much feel, okay, this guy's going to handle Almost it Almost testing your mental. Right. And he knew the guys that he would, you know, guys would go up to, and he would, they would crawl right in, under a rock. And he knew that these guys, they were not going to make it in this atmosphere. Because, you know, the, the sports radio stations, the fans, the fans are so passionate. They're going to let you have it. If you're yep. not doing well, they're going to let you have it. And the thing of it is with the fans, they boo everyone. Yep. Mariano Rivera, Bernie Williams, whatever, it doesn't matter. So I'm like, okay, if they're booing them, then, hey, I deserve to get booed if I stink. So in 2003, you appear in four of these games. You, you go four innings, or I'm sorry, three appearances, four innings, four hits, no runs, five punch outs. What do you remember from, from that World Series pitching-wise, even if you ended up losing? I know a lot of the times that I came into the game, we were either tied or we wound up tying it up after I, after I came. So I'm looking, I'm like, could have had could, some wins. I could have had three wins here if we would have just scored another run. I mean, then all of a sudden we're handing it over to Mariano Rivera. But, you know, it was – interleague play, the National League, uh, the mounds were always taller. The, the, like the slopes were always bigger. Miami had over the uh, old stadium and the outside stadium, well, I think it was Joe Robbie, a pro player back then. Had one of the highest mounds. It, it was great. The National League umpires had a bigger zone, and it was uh, it was fun. The baseball. Why was it great to have a higher mound? Well, you you just seem like you're right on top of the hitter, and, and everything's supposed to be the same height. But it all depends on the slope. How, sure. You know, some some grounds crew and some places would cut the slope a little steeper, and in that way, it seems like okay, I'm right on top of the the hitter, and it, you know, you're at six six, and you're standing right there. It kind of cuts off because a lot of when you pitch, the lower the mound and the further the backstop is from home plate, it seems like you're a mile away from the hitter. The higher you are, it doesn't matter how far that backstop is. It just still that seems like you're right on. Right. Like Yankee Stadium, the backstop from home plate to the backstop was one of the longest yeah, was places long. in baseball. But the mound was high enough that you didn't seem like you were far away. Boston, it's not, it's not as deep. It's still deep, but it's a low mound. It seemed like you were a mile away from the hitter, and that plays with your mind. When you got to New York the first time, and I think you even mentioned the pressure, and they'll boo you. They don't boo nobodies, but if Rivera's on a stretch of 25 consecutive game saves and he blows one, he's going to hear about it. When you got there, did you feel the pressure of the city and the fans and the expectations? Um, you knew the expectations, and I loved pitch as a visitor when I came when I was in Seattle and I went there the first time before I was a Yankee. You loved pitching in that atmosphere because it's crazy. Right. I mean, they're getting 50. They, back then, I think it was uh, that old stadium held 56, 57,000 like fans. And, you know, they're, they're just crazy. And it, it was just exciting to pitch at Yankee Stadium, knowing the history. Going, yeah, do you think? Did it you jack, feel? I mean, it, it jacks you up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, the adrenaline starts flowing, and you know, even when you're there, you know, you never want to be the guy who gets booed. And I kind of use that in my advantage a little bit, saying it's not going to be me today. I mean, a lot of sometimes it did, but it's not going <laughs> to be me today. But you know, the, the you know. Mr. Steinmeier puts a lot of pressure on you. The media puts pressure on you. You have the fans. I mean, the one thing that I went, they said, don't read the, ra don't, don't, read, the uh, read the papers and don't listen to sports radio. And I never did. I mean, if I looked in the paper, I was always looking at the box scores, seeing how we did or some of my friends did. But 
Never read any of the articles. I already knew, you know, who wrote what. And uh, I didn't need to know that, hey, I did bad last night to relive it the next day. Oh, um, what was I just going to say, Nelly? Jeff Nelson with us again, four-time World Series champion. Oh, let me get back to it. We were talking about this last night. We can discuss it more at length. Bring it all full circle to 2023 when teams play the Yankees or when the Yankees visit somewhere. It's just different, you know, like they show up. What, but even on the field, you can see it almost feels like the pressure mounts for the Marlins and wherever the Yankees travel, you can see the pressure mounts. Is it, is it just the New York across their chest and the expectation that, hey, you know, we might not draw well, but, boy, there's going to be a whole lot more? I think it's tougher because when, uh, you know, the Yankee fans travel well, and especially in South Florida, there's a lot of, a lot of Yankee fans, a lot of Mets fans, you know, Cub fans. You know, probably more so than the Marlins fans right, right now. But, and I think that's a little added pressure. I think the New York across the chest for some teams is a little added pressure. Maybe the Marlins, maybe some of the players yeah. feel that. Maybe Jesus Lazardo felt that a little bit last night. Uh, the Yankees walk on the field even though they've won one World Series in the last 20 years, which is not like them. They still walk on the field with a confidence. You know, right. I, when I was in the minor leagues and I was in Seattle, I hated the Yankees. You know, because, you know, I grew, I played them against them, you know, in, in the minor leagues. And they carried themselves in a way. It wasn't, it wasn't an arrogance, but it was a confidence. Right. Yep. And it was taught. Yep. And once I went over there and you put the pinstripes on, you said, now I know how. Now I know why they act the way they do. Because they feel like they can beat anyone. And it doesn't matter how poorly they're playing. They still feel like they can walk on the field and beat everyone. Jeff Nelson with us now on the inside corner. Steven Strom, Kyle Seeloff. If you have a question for Jeff, just come right up here. We will stop our conversation. You guys are much more important than us. Uh, Nelly, 2003 clubhouse after the Marlins ended up winning the World Series. Take us into that clubhouse. What is it like in there after a loss for the World Series? Well, that's it, Timmy. You're going home. And, you know, I think everyone was disappointed. Well, for some guys were disappointed. Some guys were like, oh, you know, we lost, whatever. It's And who are those guys, Nelly? <laughs> it's, you know, it, it's depressing because even though we were down 3-2, I mean, we had a pivotal game five here, right. and then David Wells pitched, and, you know, he pitched a 1-2-3 inning. Next thing you know, he says his toe's sore, and he can't pitch, and then we wound up losing that game. <laughs> and we go back and you still feel like okay hey you know we're down three two but we're going to win these next two here at yankee stadium there's sure. no way they're going to beat us i think you're shocked I, I think i was shocked that that we lost um but you know you don't realize until late years later of what kind of team that the marlins had even our years in new york we had our 20 20 anniversary 20 year anniversaries of 96 and 98 when we go and get called out and we're going to our position, we look around the field and you're like, holy crap. Yeah. I mean, we had some good teams. You don't even right. realize it then. It's just like the Marlins in 03. You didn't realize it then, but you realize it now how good they were. Let's uh, switch gears a little bit and look towards this afternoon's ball game. What's Sandy got to do today? He's been pretty good lately. He's got like a two-and-a-half ERA in his last nine starts. Yeah, you know, I, I think pitch with a confidence. Uh Ball has to be down. You have to throw strikes. You know, when he gets in trouble is when he starts elevating the changeup, elevating the fastball. Right. And he seems to have that one inning that he's just been falling apart. I think you've seen a little bit of confidence in him with men on base. He's starting to mix in the slide step, which before they would run all over him. And then I think that really bothered him. 
and it led to a lot of big innings when you're getting speedsters on the bases and they know they can steal at any time and he doesn't know how to hold runners on. But, you know, this is a big start for him because you could look ahead. I mean, you have Garrett Cole going for the Yankees yep. tomorrow. Right. And I don't care if it's Yuri Perez or not. I mean, it's going to be a tough go. Verlander next Wednesday. And then, this, yeah. is, this, this one today for me feels important for yeah, Miami. It's, it's very important. You know, you want to tie the series, and that way you always have a chance. I mean, he, the Yankees are a team that, besides last night, have struggled offensively, right. especially with runners in scoring position. Last night was one of those times they put everything together. Jeff Nelson with us now in the inside corner. If you have a question, step right up. Let's go on the other side. Michael King opening up for the uh, Yankees. Brito will follow. Give us a little bit of a, a scout on these two. Yeah, Michael King, I guess they've gone to him, and they want to. he's always showed interest in starting again. So I think they're going to try to build him up because they need starters. All of a sudden, they've decided because of some of these young pitchers, uh, you look at Severino, they tried to mix it up a little bit. That didn't work out too well last night with with Vasquez he always has started so I don't know why they had an opener yesterday it was a little puzzling to me today they want Brito to come in after sure if it winds up working that way I think Michael King will wind up going maybe one or two innings he's got a good fastball and a really big slider and and throws a decent changeup. now that third pitch you really don't need in the bullpen that's something that he'll probably have to you know master if he starts again hopefully King faces Berger what else you got, Kyle? It, ha- it did happen. Burger King. Uh, yeah, let's see. There was a time that... <laughs> Come on, Stephen. Hang with me, bud. <laughs> there was... Uh, let's see. Maybe oh, when, when it was Chicago. in Chicago. Yeah. They had it, and they had it both up because you, you saw it on the ticker. Yes. It had Burger against King. You like that? Now little, I got it. That registered yeah. a little late yeah. for you. Yeah. And yeah. maybe uh, Burger will hit a whopper. Yeah. You never know. He's been pretty good. What do you make yes. of the moves that Kim made at the deadline? You know, you needed offense, and I thought they did a tremendous job. You know, you have Bell, great clubhouse guy, good leader. You know, he he's provided a lot. He's been really good here so so far in the last couple of weeks. You know, I, I think the White Sox were really shocked that Berger wound up getting traded and, yeah. and the way he got traded. But another guy with a lot of power, team plays control. a good third baseman with team control, and it's always a plus when you have guys and you're trading away for team control. They really didn't give up a whole lot. Right. You needed a ninth inning guy. You got that in Robertson, even though he's he struggled a couple times. But overall, I think he's that consistent guy in that ninth inning that you needed. Finish and that way it backs well. everybody up. So I think they've done enough to be able to grab that last wild card or at least compete for it for the rest of the year. Now, they're going to go through a tough stretch these next six, seven weeks of the season. But T- Tell me if you agree with this assessment. I was thinking about this this morning on my drive down. If they can stay afloat this weekend against Houston, Los Angeles, and I don't care how dysfunctional San Diego is, they could put 10 on you at night because they just got right. dudes. If they can get through that and come home in a decent spot, they're going to have a darn good chance to really fight for a playoff spot down the stretch. But this next 10, 13 games or whatever it is is massive, at least for me. Well, you look. I mean, if you look at their schedule, they have, I think, Washington seven times. So that's one of the teams right. that they can beat. Other than that. And the they, Mets seven times down the stretch. Who knows what they're they going to look like? Yeah, who knows what they're going to look like, but at the same time, they're the Mets. Yeah, and, you know, the, the Marlins have always struggled a little bit against them. So I think if they tread water, I, I think it's great. I think San Diego's a team that's going to be right there with everyone. You know, I think they can't seem to get it going, though. They don't. They seem to go one game close to 500. Next thing you know, they slide down. But I think they're still they're still too good to not be in there at the end at some at some point. I think it's going to be a five team race for the last wild card spot. 
Jeff Nelson with us now in the inside corner. If you got a question, step right up. For the Yankees, they're four out right now. You cover this team as well. You're a Miami Yankee this afternoon. I think the Yankees have a, enough in the tank to make a push here. They have a shot, but you look at, again, you're talking one wild card spot, and I think the National League will be the, you know, that second one could be a toss-up. Yeah, I, I, uh, I think the Phillies are grabbing one of them. I mean, they're, they're just really hot. They're, they're too good. But the American League, you look at the same thing. You have Texas, Houston. How about your old ball Baltimore. club coming? Mariners. Yes. Holy uh, which cow. I would have never seen. They're half a game out now. I know. And I thought you, they were dead in the water when yeah. we saw them. And then you have the Rays. So out of those four teams, two of those teams are winning the East or winning the West, and the other two are getting a wild card. So it's the last, last wild card spot for five teams. Are the Yankees better than the Blue Jays? The Yankees better than the Mariners? You know, you have the Red Sox are going to be in there. You also have the Angels. You know who's in big trouble, though, is Tampa Bay. They're falling yeah, but apart. They, they, they are, no but they pitching. just seem, yeah. I know, but they just seem to do it. You know, whatever whatever it is, they, they seem to find it somehow. Now McClanahan's where, out. Where are they at? Let me see. They are. Tampa's uh, a number one like, wild card spot. They're 70 and 48. Yeah, they were. They're only like a game or two out from the East, the, right? Yeah, from the Baltimore? Oils, yep. <clears throat> yep. A couple games. Let's see. Tampa Bay's two games out. Oh, they have actually got a five game lead in the wild card. I thought it was slipping a little bit. Man, they don't have any pitching, though. That no, you, you have Glass things. now. You have, uh, you know, Glass now is a little back. He got a little injection, so I think he should be okay. If he goes down, with McClanahan being out, that's going to be that, that's a struggle for them. What's the worst injury you fought through in your career? <sighs> that after the fact, you're like, how the hell did I do that? Well, I mean, I never had Tommy John, but at the end, they take, because of all the scar tissue, they had to take the ulna nerve and move it up. Oh. Really? Yeah, and that puts you out. I had it in June and pretty much put me out the whole year because it takes a long time for that to. Weren't you going to sell your bone chips? Well, it was for charity. It was the radio station I used to work for. What's that story? Okay, so uh, this was 02. And I, during the year, I had some bone chips removed and I was out for maybe three weeks. So the radio station I worked for, I had my own show every Tuesday. And it went on for an hour. And it was either at home, I'd go in. If it was on the road, we'd do it on the road. And I'd do it from my phone for an hour. And, they, and so I brought these bone chips in. It was one the size <laughs> of my nail. Oh my and there's God. a small one. So I gave it to the radio station guy, the host that I do the show with. He goes, what are you doing with them? I'm, I'm going to throw them away. And he goes, oh, I'm going to put them on. Uh, <laughs> there was this football player, Curtis Williams. And he was a University of Washington running back. And he, he got injured. And I think he... He was paralyzed. He got a, in a real bad neck injury in a game, was paralyzed, and they had a, a Curtis Williams Foundation. So he goes, hey, we're going to use it, and we're going to raise money for this Curtis Williams Foundation. So I said, do whatever you want. So they put it on eBay, and the thing got up to like $23,000. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, it's, I was embarrassed because the team was in Toronto. They're all laughing. I'm getting all these calls. I'm like, listen, I have nothing to do with it. You know, I just, this is all for charity, whatever. And then the eBay pulled it because oh, they did? you couldn't sell body parts on eBay. <laughs> $23,000 yes. for bone chips? What are you supposed to do with those? It's <laughs> Jeff Nelson's Make bone spaghetti chip. with her. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> but uh, they wound up putting it on their own website and it raised like 3500 or four grand for this Curtis. It was for charity. And they were like, oh, he's pocketing. I'm not pocketing. I didn't want anything to do with it. Leave my name out of it. Here's one for you. I was thinking about this in my drive home last night. I was thinking about you, Nelly. thought about in you when I woke up this morning, night, too. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I think about you all the time. Kyle That's why I'm glad, I'm glad we have the pillows right here. <laughs> Do you think you would fare better in today's game than you did even when you were playing for all the success you had, just the way that they, like, played today and the massive swings? And yeah, I think I'd have more strikeouts yeah. now. Yeah. You know, it was one of those when I played, I always wanted to have 100 strikeouts in a year. I never did. I think I had 98 was the most for 90-some. Oh. I mean, here, it would, yes, these guys... And nobody throws in anymore, so all you have to do is dust a few guys and then be a perennial all-star. <laughs> yeah. You always talk about pitching in. Why do you think that element has been lost now? I think guys are afraid. They don't want to hit anyone, which is really a shock to me. It's, it, isn't like, I, I, it isn't like you're doing it on purpose. You're, you're coming in to set up stuff away, set up your pitches away. Guys are afraid uh, to come inside because, you, for one Everybody gets pull happy anyway, so sure. they see the inside pitch and they just want to pull. And that's why you saw the overshifts, because everybody wants to pull everything. So they're like, oh, I'm not, if I miss in there, they're going to hit a home run. Guys are afraid to do it. Umpires now take that pitch away, and then everything, everybody gets warned. You go inside and you're dusting guys. Everybody's complaining. And even though you're just coming in there, and, and maybe you'll miss. And everybody wants to go away, away, away. When you have guys going away, 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 it's, you have too many comfortable bats. You look at Aaron Judge for the Yankees. Do you ever see him get pitched inside? No. He's no. an intimidating factor, but you still have to go in here. Because I he'll just dance eat your lunch bit. if not. I know. <laughs> I'd, I'd throw him up and in a little bit and make somebody uncomfortable. You, you have to. I mean, he's got, you can't have these guys have comfortable at bats because, for one, they're, t they're too big, too strong, and they'll cover... You don't want these guys to cover the whole plate. You've got to have some of this plate. And if you're, not afra if you're afraid to come in, you're going to have a hard time. They're also so prepared from an analytical standpoint. I mean, you talk about being comfortable. You also know what they're going to throw, when they're going to throw it, at what angle. You have all this data and information. Actually, let me, let me talk to you about analytics. You would have told it to kick rocks. Yeah. I know it. I, w I would have because, you know, today they don't read swings. You, you know, I, I, think I think information is good. I would like to see a combination, half information, half feel. Because I think defensively you see the true athleticism of a player. On the mound and in the batter's box, I don't think you do. Because I think so much is fed to them that they're trying to make these guys robots. And this is an imperfect game, and you can't make it perfect. No matter what kind of numbers, computers, nerds you have out there, you cannot make this game a perfect game you can't make right. that perfect player it's not going to happen jeff nelson with us on the inside corner if you got a question step right up as we're uh celebrating the 2003 florida marlins world series nelly what was the closest thing to analytics that you had when you pitched we had a thing called inside edge and they would break and I, they may still have that they now still have and they would do it two times a year uh, they would get, you would get it in the beginning of the year and then halfway. And it would just study. We had a, we had a catching coach that uh, would break things down, and he, would, he could tell you, okay, on 1-1 one, one count, these, this guy's looking, looking for, for a breaking ball. Sure. And sometimes I would use it. I'm like, hey, yeah, you're right. Every 1-1 one, one count, he's looking off speed. You, you sneak a heater by him. But most of the time, it's they give you the hot zones. They'll give you what they're hitting in certain counts. The only thing that we wanted to know is – can you sneak a first-pitch fastball by him? Uh, is he a first-pitch swinger? And then also with men on base, a lot of guys, especially the RBI guys, get really aggressive. Like, we would have scouting reports on Dimatingly. He used to, have, used to be the manager here. Right. Nobody on base, you can get a fastball. You can sneak a fastball for strike one, really? and then you can go to work after that. Now, with men on base, he's, he wants to drive them in. 
you treat these guys like it's 0-2. I mean, you look at the Yankees and the Marlins, one of the, one of the two worst teams, I think, or bottom third anyway, as far as runners in scoring position. Oh, yeah. They get so amped up, <laughs> and, and they want to swing early. For a smart pitcher, for a pitcher, you could really take advantage of that. You really don't have to throw a strike. And you, they'll wind up getting themselves out. And that's why, oh, why are they so poor? Or why are they so bad? It's because they're too aggressive. What's more time we have here, Steven? A few minutes? Yeah, a couple more minutes. What's the, How many times have you been uh, kicked out of a game? Ooh. Six, seven times maybe? What was your favorite one? I miss a good dust, though. Yeah. I'd love a good benches-clearing brawl. You get you know, a couple times with brawls, a couple times um, arguing, strikes and balls. Hitting guys after we've been warned. Red well, Sox. What was your biggest one with the Red Sox? Yeah. That one we never, that was out in the bullpen. So no, never, I know, but do you remember your biggest due to do with the Red Sox? Had to be we that never, one, right? We never had a brawl with the Red Sox when I was a uh, Yankee. Really? No. It was always the Blue Jays, Orioles. That's too bad. We brawled with those guys. Uh, Seattle we would brawl with when I was with the Yankees. They don't like him to do it anymore. That Tim Anderson one was that good. That was good. That was really good. I that's brought a right, back a lot of a good right memories. Hook and everybody's okay. I mean, who? Tim Anderson's a right-handed, right-handed thrower. What's he southpawing up for? I know. He left yeah, himself open. It was an unorthodox stance. And Jose, it was kind of like an open fist, but, boy, he knocked him yeah, to the ground. he had a hard time getting off the field. He had to help him off. The guys had to help him <laughs> off. Then he went on a string of tweets. Probably shouldn't have done uh, that. Yeah. Oh, you know that was coming. I had no idea what it Now, said. listen, if you were playing today, would you be on social media you, you know, it's hard for these guys not to. And plus... They stare at their phones all day long. Yeah, exactly. And plus they have their friends and family always saying, hey, look, uh, right. I, I, I saw this on Twitter. Or I saw this on Instagram. You can't get away from it. And then all these guys thanking their cities for, oh, hey, thanks for the memories after they retire, get released, or get traded. I'm like, they booed you. <laughs> what are you doing? Beer line is getting I know. ginormous. Exactly. I know. And see, we could have had one a lot sooner. Keep it for another 30 seconds here, Nelly. Prediction here today, Jeff Nelson. Well, it's a big win for the Marlins. Only, you know, I think it's a must win because you have Garrett Cole going tomorrow. Against Yuri Perez. That should be a and good one. And the rise gets bumped down to the third spot today. Jazz yeah. is going to lead off. I think I, This is an interesting lineup It's an man. interesting lineup. You know, I think they have to do whatever works. I mean, Solaire worked a little bit in, the, in leading off. Now it's not so much. Yeah, so Solaire has a up. stomach bug today. That's what uh, Skip yeah. had said. So we'll see... Uh, We'll see if he's able to pinch it uh, in a situation. Is that like the Garrett Cooper with the scratchy throat I can't, I can't play? He could be puking down there. Could be a heroic at bat late. I don't know. We'll see. They said stomach bug's going around. All you right, all right? Nelly's you getting okay? testy. Let's get him out of here. I feel okay. I'm good we right now. We appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Your check's Great in the mail. Great to join you. I'll see you in about Thank two you. seconds. Yeah, you'll hear <laughs> Kyle and Nelly on the call this afternoon.